You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend. 55! And a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big winnings? Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined by Nick Floor, Kyle McLaren, and producer Pigeon in the studio here tonight. Boys, how we doing? Kyle, I'll start with you. How was your week? My week was uh, eventful. We had a freaking storm last week. Uh, rained. It. De- define storm. Oh no! The winds were uh, the winds were blowing as much as Alberta winds in okay. Chinook, and it took down about three trees of mine, uh, and then it cleared up, and then it started raining again this morning. But it cleared, so. cleared right up. He says. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say it's funny, you know. Producer Pigeon is actually from Alberta, but he got hit with those winds and somehow ended up in our studio. In Ladysmith, BC. Uh, Nick, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Recovering from the uh, after effects of the Choco Challenge we did live on Sunday, but uh, I'm doing better. Doing a lot better. <laughs> so, did you uh, did you go to Lowe's? Did you get yourself a new uh, piece of porcelain there? Yeah, <laughs> didn't need a new one. No, okay. luckily. But uh, me and my least, current porcelain, hey, <laughs> me and the current porcelain throne had a nice bonding moment. <laughs> I love it. And, and, the, and the people <laughs> loved it, too. Um, getting some comments here. Uh, the French are just loving producer Pigeon. I don't know what that is. It's a you are something pigeon. That's all I, that's all I know. He is, he is a pigeon. Uh, yeah, go follow him on Twitter at producer <laughs> underscore pigeon. Uh, let's actually let's give a shout out to our to our Twitter handles while we're at it. Uh, you can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. Producer Pigeon just uh, took off there. Uh, Nick Floor, where can the fans find you? I don't know why I used to both of that. Nick Floor, like, oh, what? What? Dad? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know where that came from. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> at Nick Floor underscore. All right, Kyle, where can the fans find you? McLaren underscore K. There we go. We got through the first uh, two minutes of the podcast, barely. Um, all right, guys. So there was no action this week, really, for the San Jose Sharks. We had our games postponed uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights due to COVID-19. Uh, some of the games have been rescheduled, and some of these new dates are pretty interesting, actually. Uh, so the first one that was supposed to be on uh, February 1st is now on the 13th. Uh, the game that was slated to be on the 3rd is now on the 25th. But our Saturday, February 13th game, that is now due to play on April 6th, which is uh, pretty interesting tacking it on to the end of the season. Um, Not that it really makes much of a difference. Honestly, I'd rather not have those games right now because if you look at the standings, we are not playing well. Actually, you know what? We're at the bottom of the standings. We're last place uh, in the West, which is, I don't know, guys, it's it's concerning. That's all I can really say. It's concerning. It's not expected. 
Is it really concerning or like like Nick said, is it, is it expected? Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think this year was going to be a year the Sharks actually made the playoffs. I, d- so- I didn't either, but here's the thing. Anaheim and the LA Kings are ahead of us. I feel like we have a better team than those those two teams. So I, I don't know. I, I still think it is concerning. I mean, let's not forget that we were handing out free points to the Coyotes and the Wild by going into over, or was it St. Louis? I'm not sure. Uh, going into overtime and then yeah. into the uh, shootouts, respectively, we're giving them free points. Like every point matters. So yes, Kyle, we're giving them free points because no we split the series. We split the series one and one, but they end up with three points where we only get two. That's what I mean. Then they get the, the extra game, point. Then win the games. There's no free points. You still have to earn those points. Come on. Yep. I mean, you still, still got to win. I mean, I. I I would love them to go back to if you lose, you lose, you get no points. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yep. If you lose, if you lose, if you lose in overtime, you get zero points instead of one just for making it to the overtime. Do you know what I mean? Because then it becomes a skills competition. But going back to when I played, when I first started playing, is basically when you tied, you tied. There was no overtime, so you get one point. But if you lose, you lose. I don't know. I think you could thoughts. do. A, I think you could do a hybrid of that. I mean, you know, overtime loss is a loss. You don't get a point for that. But there's also no ties. I don't, I don't think the league wants to see ties back yeah. in the NHL. No, ties are a fucking. Yeah, I mean, game. And, and again, they've been talking about for what the last five years, maybe or, or so, about going three points for a win. Do you know what I mean? And I, I mean, that just to me is not hockey anymore. I to me, it's just not the way that the system works. But if they change it that way, you I mean you're going to have teams with 150 friggin' points, or you I mean it's crazy? It's it's, it's crazy. It's yeah, and then you're gonna you mean you're gonna disrupt history and stuff like that. Where to me, history in the NHL matters to me the most. Yeah, I mean I, I couldn't agree more, honestly. Um, Nick, why don't you take this one away? Uh, Shang has some roster updates for us or lineup updates. Yeah, so uh, essentially the boys got to practice at uh, Solar for America. They got to come back home, spend time with their family. Uh, I believe they practiced on Sunday. Yeah, I believe it was Sunday they had a practice. And uh, a lot of smiles around camp, or sorry, not camp anymore, just around the the training facilities. People kind of reminisce about what they were able to do more so. Uh, But the biggest thing that we saw was a picture leaked out by the Sharks, and Shane got his fucking... Inspector Gadget magnifying glass <laughs> out, and he's like, "Wait a minute!" And he took a notice of something, and it it looked as though Hurdle was centering a line, and just based off of jersey colors, because you know the separate lines were the different jersey colors, uh, Hurdle was actually centering the line with Marlo and Ryan Donato, and then later he was asked in a press conference, and he confirmed that day that he had practiced with Marlo and Donato, so. Essentially, the lines that were made out that day for practice was the uh, it was Kane with Couture and LeBanc, Donato, Hurdle, and Marlowe, uh, the Gregor, Gambrell, Meyer line, that thing that's just been kind of chugging, trug- chugging along, and then Nieto, Sorensen, and Nason as well. Um, what this means moving forward, absolute jack shit because they're not going to play until Friday, but we'll see <laughs> if it, it we'll see if it actually like kind of manifests into something if Shemlevsky is going to get the call up that he was supposed to get that Doug Wilson fucked up because the fax machine broke or something. Um, but we'll see if Shemlevsky gets his call up from the taxi squad. Do you want Marlowe in the second line though? Hell no. That's hell no. That's a tough look. That's a tough hell look. No, that screams to me. We got major problems. Yeah, if you I have agree. to have Marlowe on the second line, and I'm, I'm sure Kyle, you would agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I mean they're they're desperate for something. Do you know what I mean if, if if he's on your second line, uh, they're desperate. I mean he shouldn't be on the second line, and that's where they're scrambling. I mean you look at their record and where they are in the standings. Is they're grasping for straws right now, and that's where I look at it. Going, you know what? Rebuild. Don't reset. Don't whatever you want to call it, because the last ten years have been a kind of a reset mode. We'll reset this, we'll reset that. And, and to me nowadays, when I watch the games, I'm like, you know what? I mean, I, I watch all the games. I'm like, oh, no, this isn't working. To me, two mm-hmm. veteran two veteran goaltenders aren't working. Their defense, yeah. the way the way they're lined up on defense, and I'll tell you this, uh, watching the Dallas game tonight, don't they miss Pavelski? He had three. Oh, man. He had, 
he had three points, uh, I think, in the first uh, period and a half. And I'm like, they missed that leadership. They missed that scoring. They missed – yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see that. But I'm like, oh, my God, I'd love for him to be on the Sharks because, you know what, he is a player that everyone could rally around. And that's where I go is, who are they rallying around right now? Oh, nobody. Who are the Sharks no. rallying around? And, again, I, 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 I follow the Barracuda as well. And I don't see anybody down there right now that can be the savior for the Sharks. So, you know what? Hit the rebuild button. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem we're in because we're not a team where you can add one or two pieces and yeah. boom, all of a sudden we're a contender. That's that's not the, the San Jose Sharks right now. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't have any top-end prospects that we're saying to ourselves, you know what, let's, let's stay competitive and in a year or two, these guys will step in and we can roll with that. That's also not the case in San Jose. We don't really have much as far as prospects go. So, I mean, I, I agree. I think a rebuild would be the best option, but will this organization actually do it? I think they need two more years before that happens. I mean, the, the biggest problem, and we, I mean, we're touching on this again. Uh, it's what we talked about in the offseason is uh, after the 16 cup run, it seemed like the amount of no trade and no movement clauses that were handed out with these contract extensions is what eventually handicapped this team. Um, but that's, I don't, I don't want to say a discussion for a later day because I mean, we're, we're mid season. Now we have the pieces that we have and we're, I don't want to say we're stuck with them, but we're stuck with them. So it's up to the players like, uh, Kyle touched on a couple weeks ago about, hey, he wants to see more from Vlasic. He feels like he could play better, um, not just with his speed, because obviously his legs are going to slow down a little over time, but more so mentally than anything. Um, so it's up to the players and up to the coaching staff to kind of rally around something. And they're not. There's nothing for them to rally around. The captain doesn't seem to be, just from my perspective, you know, my, I, my fucking two cents is worth jack shit. But it doesn't seem like they can rally around their captain. Joe Pavelski was a true-to-the-heart captain of the team. Um, Logan Couture doesn't seem to be, at least from what I'm seeing, the type of person that you go out day in and day out, game in and game out, and be able to rally around and play around like as a team. For me, personally, it seems more like Burns or Hurdle would be better candidates for the seed, just based on what I've seen and how they talk to other teammates on the bench. But I agree that the Sharks aren't rallying around anything right now because there's nothing for them to rally around other than being able to be back home with their families and being able to be in San Jose now. So we'll see how that is moving forward. You know, we're eight games into the season. We're three and five, but positives and negatives. Yeah. Sorry, hold on. I mean, I, mean I, I love that they're home. Do you mean the only, re the only reason they're home is because the Vegas – uh, I mean, there was COVID stuff going on, and they got to come home early. Uh, I hope there's a reset button on there. And and Bob Budner said it. He's like, this team looks different. So I want to I want to see it next time they play. Was it Friday night? Yeah, against the Ducks. Actually, we got the Ducks on Friday. I want I want to see I want to see them come out with I mean, that was almost a song. I, I, I think Kyle's oh, kind of cutting in and out a little bit there, but I think what he's trying to say is he wants to he wants to see this team come out with a, a new like they want to hit the reset button, not as a team in the draft or anything. They want to hit that reset button now. He wants to see them come out hot out the gates, you know, rallying around each other, playing a lot faster and a lot harder. Um, at least that's what I think that Kyle would say. But um, yep, he kind of cut in. Yeah, and if out you guys there. Can hear okay, me, there he is. is that not? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's you know they they're going to have a whole week off basically, almost like in a regular season. They had that you know I mean the whole week at the beginning of January a couple of years ago, and they get to practice on a bunch of things like other teams do. But you know what? I just I don't think the talent and the the skill level and the I don't I don't want to want to call it. It's 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 a leadership is there for them this year. Yeah, I mean, well, this is a great opportunity for a reset because this Anaheim Ducks team, I feel like we should be beating them. And especially in this tough division, like, we have to win those games. It's We can't split them. We have to win them because 
We saw the Sharks team against uh, teams like Colorado. It's not going to happen against them. So we need to pick up our points from somewhere. So we better win on Friday. That's, it basically comes down to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Biggest biggest difference. I mean, since this is going to be going up Thursday, we're recording this Tuesday night. Um, biggest difference in that series, and I'm going to be on the Quack Report, I believe, tomorrow with uh, with Carter and Nate talking about it. The biggest difference in that series is going to be goaltending. John Gibson is an absolute monster between the pipes, and we have still eight games into the season. If my math's right, what's that? One seventh. Uh, eight games into the season, we Hashtag still have a question. Math. Hashtag math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're still trying to figure out who the the starting goaltender is going to be because, I mean, both have shown spurts here and there. But um, like I said, we we should beat this team, quote unquote, on paper. But they're ahead of us in the standings for a reason. They gave Colorado a run for their money in their series, their little mini series together. So I don't know. Maybe we won't actually sweep the series against Anaheim, but that'll. I feel like these games against Anaheim and the Kings are going to be very telltale as to where the Sharks are at, especially with this week off. Yeah, no, great points. And I mean, I hate that we have to bring it up every week, but I mean, we, we kind of have to. The goaltending, like you just said, I am not confident in these two guys right now. And I mean, a, you can have a great team in front of you, but if you have bad goaltending, it can just fall apart there. You, you know, mean 2016 Stanley Cup San Jose Sharks? Yeah. Or Stanley yeah. Cup finalist San Jose Sharks? Exactly. Or and the team we have right now. I mean, they're they're not a contender, but they're not a bad team. Our forward group is pretty good. Our defense is, I don't know, let's let's say average. Let's say average. Um, but then our goaltending is shit. And that's when it all comes down. Hey, look, I mean, look, look at Ottawa. Ottawa's got some great young talent. And uh, Matt Murray is, I mean, right now is not the answer, but look in front of him of what he's dealing with. And to me, again, it's, it's Matt Murray's a lot younger than I think Dubnik and uh, Jones are. But again, it's if you don't have solid players in front of you, if you're always trying to go on the offense, you, 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 you're not going to win games because you know, what's the old cliche is offense win games, defense wins championships. And, and you know, I, I've seen it in the past, like St. Louis. Uh, they, you mean that it's, it's built on a defensive I mean, team? Look, look at the Islanders in the past two years. I mean, yeah. they made it really far, and their talent up front isn't amazing. Ironically enough, after losing John Tavares and bringing in Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz. So, well, well, boys, look at the Washington Capitals a few years ago. It was the same thing under Trotz's yeah. system. They they won. You look at offensive production. Yeah. And, uh, juggernauts on that team in Backstrom Novi. They started playing a two way system, and they won a cup. Their points might have been lower. Like individually, we still scored fucking fifty that year. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. It, it's still like like Isha was saying. It's the system that that defense first mentality wins more than it loses. From what we've seen, um, not so much for the Sharks because they still lose three to nothing when they go on the full turtle shell. <laughs> but it's it, it's exactly what Kyle said. You know, we yeah. can only we can't point the finger at the goaltending when the defense hangs them out to dry, but. At the same time, there are moments where Jones lets in goals like from Kevin Fiala. The goal uh, right off the faceoff, the goal from Kevin Fiala slaps it in. There's nobody in front of him. There's no one. There's no shields. There's nothing going on. He's not getting tripped up. It's just a straight-on save. You see 50, 60 of those in practice, as Brett Hedekin said, and he just couldn't seem to stop it. So at, at, at some point, you want your goaltending to be able to bail you out, and it doesn't seem like the Sharks have that right now. And, I mean, rebound control from both of these goalies, I mean, isn't great. It, abysmal. Absolutely it, abysmal. And that makes all the difference as well. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 have nothing, I have nothing positive to, to say about Dubnik and Jones right now. It's sad. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, didn't, we talk, did, did, didn't we talk about this last year too? Is the yeah. goaltending was the problem? Like, you I mean their defense was actually better last year than it is this year? But it's like, you know what? I mean, when when the coach is telling that he wants the defenseman to join the rush more, I get that. You know, it needs to be a five man unit, but it's also yeah. a five man unit playing defense. And to me, the defense on some of the rushes that I see, I'm like, what are you guys even thinking about? Besides, it's not about the man or, or taking away the man. It's always about the puck. Like, where's the puck? And that is the number one thing on the ice. If you have the puck, you're on offense. No matter if you're standing behind your net, if you have the puck, you're on offense. 
But it just doesn't seem the offense, the defense is working in a fluid uh, way where it just makes sense because they're getting beaten uh, and, and like run around, I should say, like turned around. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can handle you in a heartbeat if you just stand still and have your stick on the puck. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I know we rip on him every week, but Eric Carlson, I mean, that guy defensively is – He's just not good. Like guys, like you said, Kyle, guys can walk around him easily because they're not, they're not afraid of going against him. And that's not necessarily what you need, but also, I mean, he just doesn't play the body at all. He tries to play it too safe almost. And it ends up burning him. Well, Kyle alluded to it a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. Um, He said he, he always seems like he's always late. It doesn't matter. The offense in his mind, he's so focused on producing so much offense that it, he, the second he starts crossing over his legs, boom, he's yep, he's beat because the forward goes the other way and, and just goes around him. And he gets beat to the outside every single time, it seems like. So yeah. the the defense on this San Jose Sharks team right now, this team defense is not working. Yeah. The defensemen aren't playing great enough defense. The forwards aren't back-checking enough when the defensemen are pinching down. They're not going back. They're not covering back. There was, a, a I think, a breakaway that was given up because Sorensen was just cheating while he was supposed to be covering for Burns' assignment. So there's just a lot of defensive tools that the forwards don't possess, i.e. LeBanc. Yeah. You know, we don't have Mark Stone. We don't no. have those great defensive forwards to play that. Hurdle is probably one of our best defensive forwards. And Kane is almost fucking invisible when it comes to playing defense. So yeah. too many liabilities on the, the Sharks forward group defensively. Nick, when I played when I played in Boston uh, under Jacques LaPierre, who won, I think, eight Stanley Cups with Montreal, he always – Is that good? Me, I think that's pretty good. What is a Stanley <laughs> Cup? Yeah, exactly. He won. He won eight more than I did. So, <laughs> um, but listen, he told me he's, he went, he spoke uh, broken English. He was mostly French, but he's like, you know what? Never trust a forward to play defense. And you went and staying in front of the net. I've seen it, and I see it now. Is you know what? If you're relying on like Sorensen to pick up a guy in front of the net, your own net after a rebound shot. He doesn't know what he's going to do. But it, nowadays, I mean, when I look at the Sharks, I'm like, their defense actually don't. It's going so good, too. Yeah, it was going so great. We'll get him back in a second. Lose me again. Wait, he, I think he's back. I think I he's back. I think we might have him back there. Continue, Kyle. I'm still here. No, okay. It just doesn't look to do in front of their own net. It had a box, always had a pick guys. That's what the they doing. They, they get you, they lose you again. Uh, Kyle's yeah. old coach, not the only one to speak in broken English. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> But I think, Kyle, what you were alluding to, it's like the forwards don't have the the wherewithal to know what to do when they're helping with rebound control. And they it, it don't, seems like they the, don't know how to box out. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we saw, a, we saw a goal against the Colorado game. I can't remember exactly who was on what sort of man coverage or what. I don't even fucking know. I believe it was Gambrell. The third line was out there. Gambrell and Gregor both uh, – essentially go to to block the shot allowing a pass to go through directly into the into the high slot and it's just a tap in goal at that there's literally nobody covering that zone and it's just a little bit of a, a miscommunication there or a lack of communication there's just doesn't seem to be enough talking on the ice as well no one's helping and i mean the amount of times i've seen vlasic kind of standing there with his, his stick on the ice and he's just kind of watching everything fly by him and then his head kind of goes up to the rafters cuz they just scored another goal it's like jesus like but is that but is that coaching or on the players i couldn't tell you i i can't i honestly have no idea it, it seems like i mean there was a 3 on 2 breakaway where uh, there was a player that should be screaming i think it was lebank should be yep. screaming at couture to tell him to drop the ba- the puck back to him instead of trying the the 2 on 2 cross ice pass through the slot you should be screaming to drop that back because you got a free shot on net. 
but there's no communication. It's completely silent. And you know how we know there's no fans at all. (laughs) So we hear everything. everything. Yeah. I'm like, this team is the quietest team on the ice every time they play. That has to change. Well, that might come back to your point about leadership, right? Maybe we don't have the right captain. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that, but I mean, you got to try different things. It's obviously not working right now. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing is it is is what I mean. There's so many breakdowns. The star, there are so they, many breakdowns, Kyle. We have on talent. You know, I, I think what matters I, is he sounds passionate. I, that's you can really tell he's getting into it. Yeah, um, you can't quite catch the words, but you can tell he's. Got a good point there. You can tell him his face. He's got a great point. He's trying to put oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're not ending that one out, Kyle. No, uh, that's staying. Sharks fan 0- 03, Steve D has watch parties uh VS hitting someone. Versus that's, hitting someone. Yeah, they, uh, they're just yeah. watching as the, the play goes by them. And uh I think to his point, they're not being as physical. You saw the Sharks be physical in the Colorado game, and it worked for a little bit. Um, it could work better against other teams that aren't as great as Colorado, i.e. Anaheim, L.A. But, um, yeah, the, the physicality is also kind of lacking. The team's got a lot of areas to improve, and you're hoping that with this week off, it's a blessing in disguise that they can address those areas. The Sharks team is basically a Jay-Z song. We got 99 problems. And I, won't finish, I won't finish the sentence. Game um, one. <laughs> Uh, producer Pigeon comments, Isha just booted me from the producer's chair. He keeps saying, I want to talk Sim League. WTF is that? Well, should we bring on Isha Jerome to talk about Sim Leagues? I mean, sure. What's up, boys? I stole the Pigeon's Yeah, I can too. see. He stole the chair because it actually still says producer underscore Pigeon. I stole it's, the beanie, too. because it's stole everything. It's cold in here. I think He's that a thief. Where it belongs. It's cold in here, but you're wearing a t-shirt. Um, well, I... <laughs> It is, uh, it is Canada, you oh. know, cold-blooded. Okay, okay, there you go. Um, so, Sim Yeah, I'm just super pumped. I know I've talked about this on, on my podcast at the, the Soda Pod before, um, but <laughs> when we were growing don't, up... Don't worry, folks. If you're confused, everybody is. Yeah, if, uh, when Dylan and I were growing up, actually, in high school, the way that we actually, like, would learn the NHL, like, really, really quickly uh, wasn't just playing, like, via GM, though that factored into this. On uh, did, did it start on hockey forums? I believe it was like a the ho- HF board. It was a hockey forums website, and a bunch of the guys there who would always like comment and have conversations. It's pretty much like pre, um, I guess pre Reddit like took off. What's up, T? Um, uh, t- are you in your car? Okay, sure. <laughs> um, and anyways, it's basically there's there's a moderator of this league that you, you sign up for, you get your roster, and everything that you it's basically GM mode like on steroids because in this league you sign up, you can make trades, you draft, you get points to upgrade players, and there's someone you know on their either PS4 or Xbox like you know performing all these changes, being like the and typing it all out the next day, you know, yeah, all the typing games. it up on the form, like being the the basically the moderator and like president of this league. They give out awards and shit at the end, uh, but it's awesome because you really have to do your research. You have to. You well, know, sometimes you, you end up knowing these other GMs because there's only 31 of them yeah. in the league, and you base your trades off their personalities exactly. and what what they don't like and what they like. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, we played this how many years ago? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. And I haven't played for probably six or seven. And I come back in with my same username. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And the guys why, all why did you go back in though? You got a fucking email from you know the three main bros that that we played uh, the game with ten years ago. Sim leagues, folks. I, I highly suggest. How they got your email? I have no idea. Yeah, I, that's that's a great question. But uh, they, they all knew me, though, after, like, six or seven years. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, this like, is a they, tight community, folks. I know. They're, like, they, they recognize his username. And we, you know, pumped in some pre, uh, some free promotions for THPN, which was nice. I just left a hell of a mark in the Sim League, so that's why. But, yeah, so we're back. Dylan and I have teamed up with the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, basically, we're being assigned a team. It's random since we were last to sign up. Um, so we don't know what we're going to get. But hopefully we were talking. We kind of hope it's a shit team because then it's, like, if you win, and even like a year or two, you develop like a Stanley Cup contender. Um, you're you're way more well respected in the league than if you just got like 
a team at the top of the standings right now and it just did nothing with it and won, right? There's no fun in that. So if you're a hockey fan and you want to learn about, you know, basically the entire NHL and rosters and stuff like that, I mean, Sim Leagues, that's that's an option What's for the you. name of this one? I put me on the spot here. They used to be Stick and Rink, and that was the inspiration for the podcast back in the day, which was cool. So basically, Sim Leagues essentially started the hockey podcast. We now. got it banned. That's what our, we're getting We got to. it banned on our high school servers. We played that shit so much, and, you know, during study time. Anyways, there you go. There's, I'm pumped. There's I'm a, buzzing. There's no, we, we haven't been subscribed to team yet. We're still in the we're still in the in the lobby. We're still waiting. You know, we were peppering the chat board, being like, yo, to the person who's up, like, are we gonna you gonna have a pick anytime soon? And the users were laughing, being like, Oh, THPN, you're on it. Like THPN in the house. Anyways, that's all I gotta say. There you go. There's uh there's Isha's rant of the day. See you, Steve. Um, um producer T, how, we didn't really get to ask you how you're doing. I'm I'm okay. Bit of a shit just, show, but I'm all right. Where's Kyle? Okay, you're in your car. It looks like it's pissing rain outside. Oh, it, I, it's just it's it's pretty cold over here right now. My my Wi-Fi fucked up, so I'm out here in the car all my data because I don't get cell service inside either. Man, so, you were uh, you were slowly trying to Kyle. Kyle. Dude, I know, I, but at least at least it's working. I made it work. That's why. That's true. You we did put have on an audio book of wind chimes on your computer or on your uh, <laughs> on your stereo. That would be amazing, actually. We did have Kyle for about half the episode, and we caught about half of the words that he, that he tried to say. So, I mean, you know, okay, pretty passion. good for us. Pretty passion good for us. Was there, though. The passion above, was there. Above average, then. Above average. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> about it for half. There you go. And then we got producer T in his car. Uh, we had <laughs> producer Pigeon on the episode as well. So, uh, then Isha nice. jumping in talking about Simley. So, there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to bring back a segment that, Nick, I don't think you were ever part of the podcast when we had this segment. I don't even know if Kyle was, to be honest with you. But we did the fool we be pitying, uh, but it was just me and producer T. And basically, yeah. we just pick a a fool of the week, essentially, and talk about it. It's a, it's a great time, grand old time. Yeah, I think the last one I remember we did was Don Cherry. I don't know if we've done one since. Oh. Bunch of jerks. Yeah. You people, I tell you. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, you know what? Let's it's get Europeans, in. I tell you. Okay, well, you should drill me. Oh, okay, in here, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Isn't that, that Don Cherry quote? Yeah, well, we're going to have to lock you out the building either way. Um, <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to get into the fool we be pitying. I pity the fool. All right, folks, the fool we be pitying. Uh, Nick, you don't look too impressed with the graphic that we have up for the fool we be pitying. I, I see the picture of Dustin Brown in the lower right-hand corner, and I just get flashbacks to the knee-on-knee collision and hurdles rookie year, and I just want to snap his fucking neck. Well, that went a lot darker than I was expecting. So, yeah. <laughs> I saw a tricep uh, Kyle McLaren in there. Yeah, tricep for tricep. I tell you, Kyle can take anybody. <laughs> Um, all right, the fool of the week, Tony D'Angelo, uh, also known as Tony D to some. Uh, he has cleared waivers. He can't find a home after putting up 53 points in 68 games last year as a defenseman. I mean, wow, those are some numbers, honestly. Why? Those are some numbers. I wonder um, why. And <laughs> well, apparently, the last straw was uh, D'Angelo fighting uh, Gorgiev um, in a practice, so he's fighting his own teammate. And there are a lot of instances before that as well. Um, Jeff Gordon, the, the GM and president, basically came out and said, enough is enough. You're done. You're not playing another game uh, for the Rangers. And nobody picked him up on waivers. So, I mean, I don't know. He's probably looking like a fool right now. Yeah, he's probably feeling like a fool too. I don't you know if he has the ability to, to feel anything at this point. He's, he's got a half he's a heartless contract man. too, doesn't he? He's got a four point five or four point eight million contract too, doesn't he? AA. Well, here's like, the thing. Normally, normally that yeah. wouldn't be an issue. If the guy's putting up fifty three points in sixty eight games as a defenseman, you gotta you're looking at yourself saying we got a seven million dollar player right here because that would probably yeah. be the cost of a of, of an average free agent that went out that gets those points, but. Uh, he just can't get it together off the ice, you know. Oh, oh on the ice too, I guess. If your teammates that's, hate you, you're worthless. Yeah, 
That's his fourth team now, isn't it, already? He's only like 20, 24, 25. I don't know where you're getting your stats from. Um, it's, it's, no, it is. It's, 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 okay, it's, okay. it's only his second team, yeah. I think, oh, technically. Well, no, there I you think go. Been... Uh, he played for the Coyotes in the 16-17 season. The next team, if he signs, will be his third team. So there you go, producer. The next team that he signs will be a KHL team. <laughs> oh, uh, did you hear Darren Dreger said that a trade is going to come in the next couple of days? No fucking way. What would you do if he got traded to the San Jose Sharks? I oh my god! What's funny? You mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that because I believe I saw like an infographic. Someone was like, "Look, the Sharks are in a position where they have X amount of cap space available, and I think it was like just at four. And if they send this guy or this guy down, then you open up a spot for Tony D'Angelo. And I'm like, the day Tony D'Angelo comes up, it's literally to to trade for him." Just so Curtis Gabriel can beat his ass in the fucking locker room, and then they put him on waivers. I love it. Oh, okay, but that's he, it. Curtis Gabriel enough. gets called up from the CUDA. He's like, oh, I wonder what I'm doing. He's like, oh, you're <laughs> here, you fucking bitch, and just bam. That's it. That's the only reason why he's showing up. And honestly, like character aside, he's not the right fit for this team, anyways. We have you know enough offensive defense, but we don't that would need drive Kyle up the wall. Another one? Oh, she, yeah, he would lose. <gasps> like, <laughs> he would lose his mind. Uh, Sharks fan 03 saying, then we would have two people nobody likes on the team. That is true. That is true. Yeah, um, yeah I just don't think Tony D would get any love coming over to San Jose. No, uh, so. Not one bit. But he got I, love maybe. on the uh, full Weeby Pain segment. So there you go. Use your <laughs> five minutes of fame. <laughs> Stick on your podcast. The last time you're going to get it, bud. Enjoy the cage, yeah. <laughs> Uh Producer T, I cut you off. Were you going to say something there? Oh, I was going to say maybe somewhere like Tampa, they won't mind them. You know, Florida, they got, they don't mind. Florida just, just kind of get forgotten in Florida. Winnipeg, you know? Winnipeg yeah. too. Yeah, Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's options, I guess. There's options. I don't know what to say about it. But, you can join uh, Leipzig. And, 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 who is he with? Omsk? Yeah, I think. Avangard? But I don't know. It's an interesting story, though, because a guy that yeah. puts up these kind of numbers not getting picked up, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. And didn't uh, didn't Crater uh, is that how you print Chris or Crider. Chris Crider? Crider. Didn't Crider actually like? Uh, well, we don't know for certain, obviously, because it's been kept under wraps. There's like pictures of him in the post game interview, and it's looked like he's got a really red spot on his middle knuckle. So like there was a, a big spat between D'Angelo and. Uh, Gorgiev or Georgiev, and then Kreider probably just fucking punched him in the face or something. Hmm. A well-deserved right cross. Apparently, uh, the, like a, the, the young player Keandre Miller was the one who actually broke it up. <laughs> like he like got in the middle and like, you know. Yeah, anyways, it was it That's was a huge funny. Review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations, by the way, Keandre Miller, on your first National Hockey League goal. Uh, I think Greg Wisniewski, or however he pronounces his name as well, it's too many weird names or. Not weird, but very hard to pronounce names in the NHL world. But um, congratulations on your first goal. From what I was reading on, they sent it out to get framed, and he's going to be hopefully getting it soon. So uh, congratulations on your goal. Yeah, and he's a hell of a player. They have so many good young players on that Rangers ah. team. They're, they're going to be deadly in the next two, three years. Dude. Dude. <laughs> and what do we have to look forward to? Uh Eight years of absolutely nothing. Fucking garbage cap. Yeah, yeah. And no prospect pool. To oh wait, I found our prospect pool. There it is. <laughs> Jiggling an empty fucking can. I like it. All right, uh, we got. We're gonna move on from the fool we be pitying. Uh, we'll we'll bring that. I don't know if we'll do it every week, but we'll bring it back uh, throughout the season. Uh, we have one question on uh, from Twitter from Ryan McKinney, big fan of the show. Uh, he says he says two questions. One being, do you feel one of Dubnik or Jones has claimed the number one spot? He says, I perfectly personally feel Dubnik might have a slight edge. Uh, thoughts on that? I mean, I, I personally don't think anyone's really taken the job right now. It's it's almost like who's worse at this point rather than who's better. Yeah, I, I agree. Like. I think the fact that he even says that Dubnik has a slight edge that to me that isn't a goalie that has you know made the number one spot his own. Um, I think either there's arguments that either one has made like a slight edge. Uh, no one stood out. No one's, but that's because they haven't had to play in front of them as well. So it's hard to it's been hard to judge either of the goalies to be honest. 
it's been hard to even shit on Jones just because they haven't been able to get the protection they need. So, yeah, I mean, with with good defense, who knows? Uh, Martin Jones might be a, actually an okay goalie, but yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> we don't know what the San Jose Sharks. Dubnik, uh, yeah, Dubnik. Uh, Nick, what do you think? I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I don't think there's been enough games. There's not a high enough sample size for me to be able to tell you the answer to that question. If you remind me at the 28 game mark, I can tell you for sure who or Once who I again, feel like it is. Hashtag math guy. Um, Bold statements. But, oh boy. Uh, no, I feel like there's just not enough of a sample size right now to be able to say like Dubnik has shown good flashes that we just haven't seen from a goaltender before. And then Jones has shown his moments where I was like, Oh, okay. You let in a trash goal, but then you stand on your head for the next three minutes. So it's, I don't know. It's a bit of a give or take, or it's a lesser of two evils at this point. Uh, second part of the question. He wants to know, uh, does McDavid hit 100 points this season? Well, He's got 22 points in 11 games, so quick math. <laughs> 112 points in 56 guy. games. <laughs> He's on pace for uh, two points a game. So uh, does he hit 100? I don't think so. I don't think he hits 100. If he does, that's fucking bonkers. Okay, let's let's throw out some numbers. Let's assume he doesn't get injured. Uh, how many points does Connor McDavid end up with at the end of the season? 85. 85 from producer Pigeon. Uh, Nick, what do you say? Are you still doing uh, some math? Uh, over uh, let go, let T go first. Let T. Go first. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. He's doing some calculations I, in his head. I honestly think because he's going to be playing the same defenses, just playing in that Northern Canadian league, I think he might hit a hundred. I don't. Hundred and two is what I'm going for. Is that a good or a bad thing? Because after let's say game four or five, the defense might. I mean, I, I know it's Connor McDavid, but they might figure him out. They might know what they have to do to to shut down this guy. I honestly don't think that any there's any defense really in that northern division that is good enough to shut him down, even if they do start figuring him out. I mean, even if you do add Tony D'Angelo, he's still, he's still not going <laughs> to Stop trying to force Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going 102, though. And watch. You'll surprise a few people. Holy 102. shit, dude. Well, <laughs> 102 points, I will lose my fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, bet on that uh, on DraftKings. Dude, I should. I actually should. That's a good idea. Yeah. DraftKings bet right there. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 92 points, which is still an unbelievable season. Uh, I, I don't think he hits 100. I put him at just around 80. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna go like high 70s, but I just figured 80 would be the best. No, he's going to get at least in the 80s. I don't think it's going to yeah. be in the 70s. I mean, unless he gets injured, of course. But, uh, man, like that goal he scored against uh, the Maple Leafs the other day, incredible. Coach, goal of the coach. year already. Unbelievable. No. <laughs> Brett Burns. Well, the goal of the year. Buddy, the Brett Burns goal was nice, but it is nothing on Pavel Burry 2.0, McJesus. Yeah. Yeah. You see Crosby's attempted Michigan yeah. backhand? Oh. Ooh. That was that was so close to breaking the fucking internet, and I'm so glad it didn't. <laughs> I am so glad that it did not. Uh, Steve comments in, says, can a goalie even do good here? I think he's referencing back to the original section yeah. of Ryan McKinney. Um, <laughs> a million-dollar question, and I don't think so. No. The only good they do is for the community. So, yeah, that's about it. There you go. There you go. Maybe um, Carey Price. Maybe, maybe Carey Price could do all right here. Yeah, he might be an average goaltender if he comes to the sales <laughs> yeah. at, at his age of fifty, whatever. Yeah, producer Pigeon brings up a, a great point. We should just lace up the pads on the and be like, get him back in there, boys. Going, Gonna be it worse. worse. Okay. Yeah, I'm more interested to see how many reps uh, at this point, especially if it's a losing season. If we start to really trend down, if we don't win a lot of the games. Um, against the Ducks and the Kings, you would expect us to win at least four of the the next six upcoming games involving them. Um, but if the season really takes a real bad turn, like for the worst, you're going to see a lot more increased ice time for the younger guys. I'd be really interested to see how many games Melnichuk and Kornosh get, uh, beings that they are going to be respectively pulled up and down from the taxi squad to the Barracuda. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, like you said, Nick, if it's a losing season and we're 30 games into this, play them. Yeah. What, what are you going to lose? Just play them. Let's see what we actually have. 
yeah, might as well. All right, guys. Uh, Producer Tia, it looks like he's fogging up his car, so I, I think we better go here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're going to start. They're going to start. He's in trail security. right now, and we all know it. Yeah. I mean, we oh, could do, uh, we could just wish. touch a quick preview on the series against Anaheim since they won't see us until, or since we're not going to be letting these people know until afterwards. We touched on we touched on the goalies being the biggest difference right now with John Gibson. Um, what do you think the Sharks have to do to beat the Ducks? Score lots of goals. No, I mean, <laughs> score more goals than they do. It's hard to say because I mean, against some teams, you want to say, you know what, we need to play a, a defensive game here. We need to kind of shut it down. But does this team have that as an option? I don't think so. I mean, we've talked about it a bunch this this episode. The defense is falling apart. So you got to beat them with offense. And then when you run into a goalie like Gibson, it, it makes it tough. So I think they're just going to have to drive the net, get some greasy goals in front of the net, uh, make it tough for him, get a lot of screens in front of him. I think that's the only option that uh, that the Sharks have. And Kane has to fight Getzlaff and uh, be, win that fight. No, I mean, if he doesn't, I mean, you might as well just pack it up in the second period. I mean, you want to see the big boys throw down in Cali, baby. Oh, 100%. Um, what about you, T? What do you think the Sharks have to do? <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, in a perfect world, every answer should be, you know, tighten up the defense, not let as many pucks, you know, go towards our goalies and give our goalies a chance. Get but pucks honestly, in deep. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't see that happening. So, like Dylan said, I think that literally the only way we are going to win is if we do outshoot them, outpace them, you know, just absolutely try and get by Gibson. And, I mean... Are, that's what. That's why we're not going to be a top team this year is because when we face a good goalie like this or even half-decent defense, we're not able to outscore them. So I don't predict that on Sunday we're going to have a great conversation, I'll be honest. Ooh, bad news coming in from T. I um, think so. Uh, for me, it's uh, the power play. That's my biggest key. The power play needs to be able to execute. I believe they're only one for 23 in the last 23 tries. <laughs> Oh, that's brutal. Uh, that needs to fucking work. Um, I expect to see a lot of changes to the power play upcoming here pretty soon. We already see a bunch of different lines in practice. Um, yeah, if 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 what was a positive in the first six games, or sorry, not even the first six, the first four games has been turned into a negative since Minnesota fucking just put the clamp down on us. Um as far as special teams goes, it's not going to be good for the Sharks moving forward. It was the one of the only bright spots on this team in the beginning was great power play and good PK, and now it's abysmal power play so far and a, still a decent PK, but that's my biggest key. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad because early on in this episode, I said we kind of have to win these games against LA and Anaheim, but as we're talking about it, it's like, you know what? It's a, probably a bit closer than I think. Like, I... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's I mean, we're a lot. I want to say we're a lot better in the top six, much like we were in Minnesota. And the I third agree. line combination with uh, Gambrell, uh, Gregor, and Meyer—if that continues to be a thing—it can absolutely wreck teams like Anaheim and LA, where they're currently at in their rebuild, where they have some younger guys from the previous year's drafts that are starting to move up, but the depth just isn't quite there yet. In two years, those teams are going to be destroying us because they're going to be out shooting us and outpacing us in play. Um, but as of right now, I feel like the big guys, the guys who get paid a lot of fucking money to produce, need to produce. And I'm Boogner touched on that in a press conference as well. When your great players aren't playing great, then it's not good. So that's what I expect to see. So in conclusion, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't good, folks. No. All right, guys. Uh, do we want to touch on anything else before we end off this episode? Something good, perhaps. Something good. Well, I, I got nothing. This is a San Jose Sharks hockey <laughs> podcast. There's exactly. nothing good right Thank now. You, Thank you, Pitian Fools. I mean, similarly, that's good. I'm pumped. To- I mean, I mean, it's good for you. I mean, like the people listening are like oh. the boys are back home. Uh, you know, Tomash talked about Tobias and how like nothing fucking matters because he gets to go home and play with his boy, and like that's the most relatable thing in the world right now. So like big ups to him and fucking shout out to Bob Bugner for having an air fryer, my man. Let's go. <laughs> oh, the air fryers. You know what? Air fryers are. They're one uh, of the yeah. best inventions in the last 20 years. And we lost T. <laughs> T's a big. T, no. I thought T was a big air fryer guy. Aren't you? Dude, I have an air fryer. I love the air oh, fryer. Yeah. 
You oh, look yeah. like an air fryer. Guy. I, I literally had chicken wings last night, boys. Chicken wings. Oh, oh. Slaying chicken wings. <laughs> Nick, do you have an air fryer? Oh, duh. Fuck yeah, we do. It's got every possible cooking in appliance oh. in this house. Okay. You know what? Isha, you asked for something positive to end off the there episode. You go. Look at us. We're chatting about air fryers. Air fryers. Easy. What's, air what's, fryer, folks. what's the weirdest thing you've cooked in an air fryer? Like something you wouldn't expect to put in there and it tastes good. Because I heard someone say a steak the other day. And and they said it was one of the best they they've ever had. So I've only I, done basic foods. I have yeah, not. It's pretty done normal food. Yeah, I haven't tried any of that funky shit. But if we do, I'll let you know how it goes. And then we'll have to uh, bring back Nick. We'll try it. How about that? <laughs> Just a blank stare. We did not lose. Nah. Him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's give a shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself. At DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow the network at Hockey Pod Net. Nick? You can Nick find Moore. me on Twitter at. <laughs> what, Dad? You can find me on Twitter at Nick Floor underscore. Uh, producer T. At producer underscore T E E. And for Mr. McLaren? Oh, yeah. You're, you're last, so you got to do McLaren. Okay, oh, I'll, I'll do McLaren, and then we'll, we'll throw it. Sorry, go ahead, T. I'm done. What? I'm so confused. Oh my god! I don't remember. At McLaren underscore K. Is that it? I don't remember. Your boy SV saying, I didn't know you guys were live. Uh, Every Tuesday night, Shane, we're going live. And uh, you're a bit late. So (laughs) we're just just sending off the straight Jim Kite. So good night, Jim Kite, as uh, Pigeon likes to say. Uh, Pigeon, where can the fans find you? Producer underscore pigeon. And then uh, I think Isha Jerome is also in the room. Isha, uh, where can the fans find you? No, he's gone. Oh, okay, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's amazing. Uh, All right, folks. Thanks for uh, tuning in on the live stream. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We will catch you on Monday.